You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Are you a millennial and allow the Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and Disney Channel themes or various themes live in your head rent-free? What makes 90s cartoons stick out from those from previous and future decades? Why are 90s cartoons good to reflect on and why are they so gosh darn nostalgic? Uh, this is Systematic Geology. We are the Priests of the Geeks, and these are the questions that we will be answering. I and the we that I'm speaking of is myself, Nick Polk, and I am here with uh, the notorious Pang. How are you, Pang? Hello. I'm pretty good. Getting over being sick, but well on the mend, so I'm excited. Yeah, you don't, you know, you're just talking, you don't need doctors. You just have yeah. your strength and willpower. Uh, yeah, willpower. And money, because I didn't go to the doctor, so I have my money. <laughs> so true, so true. Uh, yeah, so don't go to the doctor, save your money, if that is a official, uh, you know, recommendation from Systematic Ecology. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> not not a recommendation. We're not liable. Uh, so, before we jump into this and get in any more legal trouble, Pang, uh, what have you been nerding out on lately? Yeah, so lately I just watched this mafia anime on Crunchyroll, just kind of like to have background noise while I cleaned the house. It was called 91 Days, and it was pretty interesting. Like, very rare does an anime take place in America, you know? Oh, interesting. So it's like literally the mafia. Yeah, it's literally the mafia, like the Dons and all that stuff, and like that like era. I don't know the era called, but you know, they have like the old time talking with like the very like thick accents and like that prohibition, I guess, period. Yeah. Like yeah. The, yeah, same, yeah. 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 So, um, I was shocked to how interested I got into it, but it's a, it's a great watch. I think, um, is even if you just want to see an anime in America, like, cause that was what surprised me the most. I'm like, wow, this isn't in Italy. Okay. Okay. So what, wait, 91, what is it? I think it was called 91 Days. You know how like you just kind of like play an anime and you don't really like pay attention to the names of right. it or anything like that? Yeah, it's 91 Days. I just checked. Okay. I'm going to check it out because I uh, just recently acquired my sister's Crunchyroll password. So, Ooh, I like yeah. it. So speaking of Japanese related uh, content, uh, you recently, you and your hubby went to Japan on a trip. So tell us the listeners a little bit about uh, some highlights from your Japan trip. Gosh, it really is the land of anime and everything magical. Um, Probably one of the highlights, we did a maid cafe just because we had to. Like you just, we had to do it. They called me Hime-sama, which means princess, um, as I am. (laughs) They knelt down on the ground to take my order and bowed to me. Yes. And I had a bell whenever I was ready for them like to come and like, to summon them and stuff. It was the cringiest thing of my whole entire life. I was so cringe. We did the muy, muy delicious and like made everything. Oh, it was so cringy, but I had to do it. I had to think if I saw it in an anime, I was either going to eat it or do it. And so yeah. when we passed by a maid cafe, I had to do it. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. A yeah. lot of fun exploring the temples and all that. Just a great time. That, yeah, all your pictures from eating all the food, which I've heard Japanese food is just elite among international cuisine. I lost two pounds. So like the and I knew going on other missions trips like the South America and whatnot, like food overseas is just cleaner and better right. for you. And you, I know 
being in the culinary industry, like the horrors of the American food, like processing. Right. But like I, lo- I lost two pounds and I ate like a queen, like a princess Himi-sama I am. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's fine, though. Uh, it definitely makes you more mindful eating, coming back to America and like eating cupcakes and whatnots. Yeah, I freaking like one of my I love soba noodles and like the way that it's served where you get the cold noodles and you dip them in the sauce and eat them. And I just mm-hmm. want to go to Japan and have like clean, delicious soba noodles in the in the Japanese homeland, you know. Right. There was a place in Kyoto. There's like and that's the thing with Japan. We were there for two weeks and we did so much, but there like we could go another two weeks and do completely different things and still not do what all Japan has to offer. But it was like one of those things where it goes down the waterfall and you grab the noodles like as it passes you. What? My yeah, we didn't we ended up not doing it because like with Japan everything is reservation. And so you have to like literally reserve stuff months in advance to try and get in. So just to, at least with food wise, we did a few like theme cafes and whatnot, but like to try and get into everything we wanted to eat was just would have been too much waiting around and I couldn't Mm. slow down for it. But that was one thing on the list that I did not get to do that. It would have been nice. Yeah. I think that I would, I think the one thing that I definitely need to try is just go to a great sushi place where the chef just curates the meal for you. And just pay mm-hmm. an ungodly amount of money to eat sushi. Um, That's what we yeah. did with Kobe beef. We went to Kobe and ate Ooh, Kobe beef. That was our flex. Gosh. But I like American sushi, so I wasn't about to go and eat Japanese sushi. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah. And but plus, like Hubs and I were trying for a kid, and so I never know like if I might be with child or not until like you know like in, in that like two three week peak two, three week wait. And so I would have tried sushi, but then I was like, what if I'm at the very beginning stages? And so then I couldn't get that out of my mind because right. I wouldn't mind trying one or two pieces, even if I didn't like it, like I was going to eat it. But so that was a big reason why I was like, okay, I'm not even going to try sushi just in case I'm overly cautious. Look at you. Look at you yeah. already, already taking care of your, your baby, your future yes. baby. Yeah, whenever it wants to come, actually, I'm I'm ready for it because I'm so tired of like the month to month, man. Like you wouldn't know. I was like, you know what I mean? But no, yeah. you would not know. <laughs> I don't know that part. <laughs> it's like, are we with child this month? No. Okay, we'll try next month. But you know, that's probably TMI for the listeners. Or you might want to know more about my personal life. Who knows? There, there you go, people. Japan and uh, birthing cycles, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm an open book. <laughs> uh, also an open book and before we get down into a place where listeners start questioning what we're here talking about uh, uh, I'll, I'll just say that I, one of the this isn't something I've been recently nerding out on but past episodes I've been kind of nerding up on the same thing but keeping it Japanese related uh, Baby Metal is this weird Japanese pop metal band and they're epic they got super popular and they've toured with like Metallica and uh, I think they were, I think Stephen Colbert had them on his late night show. Uh, so anyway, listen to the song, Give Me Chocolate. So good. Uh, so yeah, so we've got, that's what we got, people. We got things we're nerding out on, a little bit about Japanese culture uh, from Pang and her hubby's trip. So we are going to transition uh, to uh, 90s cartoons. And that's what they call a sweet transition in uh, in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. This was actually a listener's pick. So this episode 
we're doing for you listeners. And I'm very excited. Yeah, this is great. When Pang and I kind of texted back and forth, we talked about which cartoons you're going to pick. And our two of our picks were, uh, so we're going to do four picks, uh, four cartoons that we're going to talk about to keep us on track because just because there's so many. But we each picked one and then we talked about the next ones you're going to pick. And our second choices were between the same cartoons. Um, Yes. And so before we reveal what those are to you listeners, uh, we're just going to talk about our experience with growing up watching cartoons, uh, maybe traditions with family, if we have any memories, where it all began. So, Fang, how did you get started with cartoons and how did it keep going? Yeah. So growing up, I only had Nickelodeon. We didn't we had basic cable because we yeah. were poor. So I never had Disney or Cartoon Network until I was probably like in middle school, high school. So like growing up literally in the 90s, because we are 90s babies. And I'm go. very proud. It was only Nickelodeon and it was Channel 23. I remember it to this day. I love that. Three. Like that was just the channel you went to. And I, it's just it's such a nostalgia thing. Like I didn't know about anime at this time. So I would even say 90s cartoon is the gateway to my anime obsession. Same. And I, I've always, I've always loved watching TV. Like I never really got into music. I never really got into um, like the girly stuff. Like my sister, I never got into like the NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. Like other like kids my age did. It was always cartoons. That was how my parents got me to do anything. If I want, if I had to clean my room, like they would take away Nickelodeon. So I, I would even say Nickelodeon helped raise me a little bit. No, I feel that you know, it, like it's it's very similar to my experience because I didn't really get into anything as far as cultural stuff until middle school, which was punk music was kind of my individualized kind of cultural transformative moment in my adolescence. But I also just loved cartoons and TV. I The only channel I really didn't have was Disney. And I lived in Florida, which was kind of strange. But I had Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and then Fox Kids when it was a thing. And, you know, Kids WB on Saturday mornings because they would do like Pokemon. Um, I remember which I really WB, loved. Channel 25. Channel 25. 25. Uh, the only one I remember, I think, in our was... Uh, Cartoon Network was Channel 11. And then I remember uh, Animal Planet 44 because I think the double digits kind of helped. But I don't remember what channel the other uh, stuff was on. But yeah, kind of like you were talking about, I watched Cartoon Network and then when Toonami came out, I had no idea that there was even a difference between like American cartoons and Japanese cartoons. I was just like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, Dragon Ball Z or Veroni Kenshin, like these were just really sick action cartoons and I loved them and watched them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always just amazing how, like when I just think of like cartoons, I can't, I can't think of a beginning. I can't think of where it all started or what, what like show started at all. When I think of the nineties cartoons, like they've always been there. Yeah. Um. Do you remember your earliest cartoon or like your earliest memory with cartoons? Yeah, I think PBS was probably my earliest stuff and not necessarily cartoons, but, um, oh, I'm just trying to think of like early stuff like Dragon Tales and uh, I'm trying to think of other 90s ones. Uh, um, Reading with the Lions 
There was like a Siamese cat one. I can't remember. Um, but I think those were all like educational ones. And then eventually, um, I just remember watching Cartoon Network and watching like Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that. Um, and that was really it where we all had TVs in each of our individual rooms. Like, um, and so I was able to kind of sneak, uh, my TV on at night and keep the volume low. And so that's where I was able to watch Toonami. Um, and even when Adult Swim on Cartoon Network became a thing and they started watching Adult Swim and all that stuff. I remember my interaction with Adult Swim in middle school. I was just, I was hooked. That's why I first encountered Inuasha at the... Oh, yeah. My first love. But we're getting a little off topic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what we're doing. You know, just talking about our memories because we are going to talk about these four cartoons. But this is, I feel like, I'm sure that if we talked and heard from other people, their experiences would be similar. Where they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't remember what cartoons. I just remember them being there. Saturday morning, cereal, um, that sort of thing. And they'd probably even talk about the same ones, whether it's Doug or Rugrats or... Uh, you know, even some things on Tsunami like in Yuasha and Dragon Ball Z. Um, but we'll talk about our four ones here. So we're going to talk about um, four. So two for me, two for Pang. Uh, DBZ and Rugrats are my two focus. And Hey Arnold and Rocket Power are the ones that Pang are going to focus. So like I said, we're going to reference a bunch of other 90s cartoons, but there's just way too many. And these four cartoons will keep us on track. So Pang, let's talk. Hey Arnold, tell me why you picked it. Tell me why you love Hey Arnold. All that good stuff. So I think Hey Arnold was my sister's favorite, my older sister. And so you know how um, hierarchy goes in the house. Like she gets to watch what she wants to watch, but I loved it as well. So I feel like that's such an ingrained um, cartoon because that's what we like always watch together. And I mean, who doesn't love... Helga and Arnold's relationship. You know what I mean? I've always been, since my very core, I've always talked about the romance and I've always wanted Helga to get her shot, you know? So that episode, whenever they were doing the Shakespeare and she like cut down that competition, I was like, you get your man, girl, you get your man. Like you do what you got to do. Uh, it's just a fun the kissing time. spot, right? That's what she's going yeah, for. So she can yeah. kiss him in the play. Yes. Yep. And it's a long one. <laughs> like I used to was able to quote like Shakespeare's lines um, because of that episode. Really? Like, because that's what they would do. And what I watched that episode so many times because I was that giddy little, like, I was like, oh my gosh, they kissed. Um, but, and even when preparing for this episode, I was like thinking, cause I don't even know if I ever watched an ending to it. Like when you think of nineties cartoons, you don't really think of them ending. They just yeah. kind of go off the, there's no like wrap up. Like it's not like he went off to college or anything like that. So now I'm like very curious, like how it might've ended. I might have to do some after show research. Yeah. I know they had like a movie that came out when probably I remember when watching in, the movie. Yeah. I think they even came out with one through Hulu, maybe not like maybe five or six years ago or something like that. Oh, I didn't see that one. I've always been afraid to like Google the results because in my head they ended up together. You know, like I created this fake narrative, like how it ended. And so I'm like, I'm completely content with that being in the childhood and they're ending up together. And of course, Phoebe, um, I felt like I was more of a Phoebe in that character with like the the Asian descent with the black hair and she was nerdy. Mm. I'm like, I was like, yep. I was like, that's me. 
Man, and I love, you know, just focusing on, like, the romance, because I feel like a lot of 90s cartoons had those, like, subtle, they're like, oh, they're in fourth grade, and they're in love, or, like, there's a secret love, or, you know, like, I think of, um, oh, According to Ginger, right? Is that the right one? Yeah, on Nickelodeon, do you know what I'm talking as about? As Told by Ginger. Yeah, there As Told by Ginger. That was another favorite. You know, and just, like, I feel like a lot of people would probably say this, too, is that, like, these romances like kind of sparked as we're transitioning into puberty and stuff, just learning about the opposite sex or people we're attracted to. And we're like, Oh man, like I want that. I remember watching Hey Arnold and being like, I hope that there's a girl that has a secret shrine for me and secretly hates Mm -hmm. me, but I actually, or hates me in public, but actually likes me if it was a crush or something. Um, Right. And just having those little childhood hopes, like, Oh, it's, it's just like TV or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's so fun and then the friendship in hey Ano. do you always want to have like friendships and even the relationship like with his grandparents and he has oh, a yeah. tragic backstory but he has this makeshift family in the boarding house and then i even had the realization because my husband and i we rent rooms to other roommates and stuff so we do a lot of like co-housing i'm like yeah. it's just like hey arnold i'm living a tv life it's so <laughs> cute Man, I forgot that they had a boarding house, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, the grandma would um, feed everyone, and there was this, like, all, and you got to go into, like, the Mr. Wynn. Remember the episode of the Christmas time, and Mr. Wynn needed to find his daughter, and that's just, like, it, 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 like, it got some serious, like, deep stuff that really, like, marked you. It wasn't just all laughing games with Hey Arnold. We covered some deep stuff. Man, one of the things, too, I think of, you know, obviously, you got Arnold and Gerald being best friends. But I remember Harold just, you know, being able to, like, befriend bullies. I think there's an episode where, like, Wolfgang, uh, one of the notorious bullies, is, like, bullying Arnold and the fourth graders. He's a sixth grader. And, hey, Arnold learns that he is, like, bad at school. And, hey, Arnold, like, and Arnold secretly tutors him. And they become, like, friends. And you're, like, this is so Mm -hmm. sweet. This kid is bullied. And there's, like, this bridge built. And how, like. You know, and then, like you said, there's just this community and friendship that those cartoons had. I think they navigated really well between dealing with hardships, but also being kind and, right. and working just, together. Just the other day, like I made the chant because we were walking downtown Charleston and there was like a stoop. And my husband <laughs> said something about like the, the the porch or something like that. I'm like, stoop kids going to leave a stoop, stoop kids. Like it's, it's like those ingrained memories that will Absolutely. never go away. Like you said, it lives rent free in my head. Yeah, I just I can even see the newspaper where it's like stoop kid finally leaves stoop or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so funny, so good. Um, so I'm gonna go to another Nickelodeon show, Rugrats, which also um, focuses on friendship and close family and stuff like that. Um, Nickelodeon very similar, um, and I feel like Helga and Angelica are kind of built from the same stuff, uh, where you've got kind of like preppy blonde uh girls who come from maybe more affluent families i remember uh angelica's mom being like the businesswoman with all like the new cell phone and they always had the latest toys and Mm -hmm. you know there was cynthia and um i I remember one of the earliest memories seeing the rugrats movie which was probably one of the earliest cartoon movies i think i ever saw like in theaters um and that was actually the first movie that i cried in because i think that it like uh so in the movie there is tommy and chucky and all these people um and tommy has a new baby brother dill who's coming 
and it's kind of navigates the relationship between like what happens when family grows and the firstborn loses that spotlight. And I'm a firstborn kid. And so I had a little brother too. And so just there is just lots of fighting and adventure. And I remember there's a part where Tommy like rejects his brother in it and it made me cry, you know, as a little kid. And and I think these memories of just like, uh, of just even, you know, these friends working together and navigating relationships, um, you know, as a kid, you can't really articulate it well, but it, it's formative in how you're, you're developing emotionally and seeing that externalized in people like, uh, you know, Helga and Phoebe and, and Gerald and Arnold. And then, of course, Tommy and Chucky, you know, Phil and Lil, all that good stuff. Yeah, I I just loved all the adventures they went on. And like, isn't it crazy? You think about the regret parents being so old. Yeah. And like, if I were to watch it right now, I would probably be technically the same age or if not older than the parents being 31. And but they just are portrayed so dang old. And that's mind blowing to me. They look like they're in their mid 40s. I know. I know. And I'm like, so I'm like, why? Why'd you do that to them, guys? But then they're they're just so oblivious. Like they're like, oh, they're just playing the whole time. Yeah, they're not. They're literally going on adventures, guys. Like. Watch your kids. They do. They end up like, uh, you know, they do. They end up going like off track. They get lost in cities. You know, uh, Rugrats in Paris is, I think, one of the movies, right? Where they're in Paris and all that good stuff. And then the Rugrats movie is about them getting lost. I think they Mm -hmm. like fall off like the interstate, right? And they they, like are in their reptile wagon and they end up in the Mm -hmm. woods. Yeah. But it's all, I think... Any show that just kind of has like that, those bonds is always mm. a good show because, and and like, if you think about it, we're like kids watching babies. How is that so engaging <laughs> to us? So like, true. why are we so invested in this? Like, it's not like it's, but nowadays you have um, kids the same age as us and they're watching like those vampire diaries and all the like other crazy whatnots. And they're just way more mature than I will ever be. You know, it, watching babies. It's so weird to think about, like, yeah, like we were watching stuff things as simple as like Rugrats and even Hey Arnold about a kid going to school in fourth grade. There's not anything really super fantastical about either shows. You know, you get some imaginary stuff. Um, like I remember uh, Tommy does like a reenactment of like uh, um, the Exodus where he plays Moses. And they're mm-hmm. trying to escape the Pharaoh, which is Angelica. And so it's very fantastical. And he splits the Red Sea and stuff like that um, and leads, you know, his people, which is just Bill and Will and Chucky. Um, and but for the most part, it's like you said, more shows, I feel like handle things differently. I don't know. Like, because I feel like there are some shows like 2010s, early 2010s Cartoon Network was a little more chaotic, like with Adventure Time and regular show. but I don't really know a lot of 2020. I don't know any of the 2020s cartoons, you know? Mm, I'm trying to think. I don't think I know too much either. We're but old gosh, The regular show, though, we could do a whole podcast just on that one. Uh, that was probably I one of my love, favorite cartoons. I love regular show. I had a nick. I went to a camp. Uh, I worked at a camp in college, and my nickname was Pops because I loved regular show so much. And so, I like it. Yeah. I like it. But gosh, but you mentioned when you said DBZ, I didn't even think about DBZ with the 90s because in my head, that's just 
when I think 90s cartoon, because I only grew up with Nickelodeon, I automatically think of Nicktoons. But you're yeah. right, DBZ was 90s yeah, uh, cartoons. It, I think like the first Dragon Ball Z season was 89, but from then on, 90s through 96, you know, and then of course went to GT and stopped after that. But um, yeah, it was just a huge, I mean, Toonami was just a huge, I remember watching, I think how I got introduced to Dragon Ball Z was, I think I had like a VHS tape of, do you remember did, like the uh, the Scooby-Doo movies, like Scooby on Zombie Island? Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it had a preview for the Cell Saga for Dragon Ball Z. Um, and then I somehow, of course, I stumbled upon it later on Toonami. And yeah, just so good. As, I, I remember starting off with Dragon Ball, but Dragon Ball came a little bit later than DBZ because that was almost like a sequel, right? I mean, a prequel to Dragon Ball Z. No, Dragon Ball started in the 80s first. And then Dragon oh, did Ball it? Z. Uh-huh. Okay, I wasn't sure. I'm not diverse in that fandom as well. I've watched quite a bit of it, obviously in the wrong order, but well, and it's, it's funny fun. because I didn't watch I didn't even know Dragon Ball was a thing until I finished I think the Boo saga and then I think Dragon Ball started becoming more available as anime started becoming more dubbed and available in the US and less pirated um, you know. And I you know, I think that and you can kind of talk about this too and how maybe talk about how the cartoon like 90s cartoons got you into anime as well because that was similar with me where Dragon Ball Z was like the first world building show that I actually got super into and now I'm like a nerd and I'm super into Lord of the Rings and the whole world building and Harry Potter and all these things and I look at like oh how does the magic work where do these people come from like how's the world created and I was doing that because uh, the Dragon Ball Z universe is just so huge. Um, but at the time, I wouldn't have articulated it that way. I was just watching awesome dudes go Super Saiyan and fight aliens uh, and uh, go to different planets and stuff like that. And it shaped my taste in cartoons and action. And of course, I started getting into, I'm trying to think some of the bigger animes that were available in Toonami. Prince of Tennis. Naruto. Yeah, there we go. Uh, more obscure. Zatch Bell. Which one's that one? Go ahead, Ken. Zatch Bell, the one with like the little demon child. Oh, I don't even know that one. Oh, well, it's there. Uh, so, w- real quick, yeah. back to DBZ because I have a question. Yeah. How the heck did Bulma end up with Vegeta? Was that ever explained? Because I feel like it was just like boom, they're together. That was pretty much it. There was a part where Vegeta. I think it's after. The Namek saga, they come back and uh, I think Vegeta is, you know, decided to become good and, you know, by Goku and other, uh, his friend. And I think that he's just ends up with Bulma. And how? Because I was rooting for Yancha. Right. And I'm still upset. And it starts off early, like if Dragon Ball. I mean, their romance starts in the first. Because they're both trying to go find the Dragon Ball so they can find a boyfriend and girlfriend. They don't get their wish, but they find each other. I know. It was the perfect romance. But no, she's with Vegeta. Hmm. Which, you you know, Trunks. And Trunks is, like, probably one of my all-time favorites. I do love me some Trunks. Yeah. Uh, You know, Sword Trunks, really cool. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Kid Trunks and... 
uh, him and Goten doing fusion and becoming uh, Gotenks, Super Saiyan 3, Fighting Boo. Uh, just peak nostalgia. Peak nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've watched all that. I haven't watched a lot of the new DBZ stuff. I've seen all but... of the first, like, uh, like the first part of Dragon Ball Super, and it's really good. But there's like some other stuff where um, I think the latest season I have not caught up on. And I need to. But now I, have, I didn't have access to stuff. So now I have a Crunchyroll password. So now that's going nice. to change. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. DBC is one of the few ones. One Piece is another one where like from the 90s, it's still going strong. Yeah. Like us. We're from the 90s and we're still going strong. So freaking we, true, dude. We are anime. <laughs> And we are anime. <laughs> You're welcome. Love it. Yeah. And so if you are also a 90s uh, baby listening to this, you are anime and cartoons. And yeah. I, that's it. We can, we can just, I'm just kidding. We're not ending it there, but it would have been funny. Well, I, uh, you know, one of the things that me and Peng were texting about was that we were like, oh, Peng said, I'm deciding between Rugrats and Rocket Power. And I was like, oh, me too. And so I decided to pick Rugrats. But and things are gonna talk about rocket power. But I like wanted to be um, auto. Like me and my friends did the woogity woogity mm. stuff. Like yeah, I learned woogity, how to woogity, skateboard. Woogity. Ah, so right, good. Right. But see, I grew up roller skating, so there was like a local roller skate rink um, we would go to on Saturdays in my small town. And so I always wanted to surf too. And so just what would you, where is that? Is that in Los? Where does it take place? Now that I think about. Rocket Power. Do you know like where they're located? I want to say it's somewhere that's, in California. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, California. But it was just they would do all the stuff you would hope to do as a kid. You know, especially me being a kid from a small town. They would roller skate. They would play street hockey, ice hockey, surf, um, go on like fun adventures. Not, they're not like so much like Rugrats, but they would still do like fun whatnot and get into trouble and right. Um, pick on the older kids and just give them a hard time. And so me having an older sibling who doesn't love giving the older sibling a hard time. Yeah. Having like Reggie and Otto be siblings is so good because, you know, just giving like the girls and guys kind of having a different archetype of a kid to look up to and want to be like. And then also they're both like have this dynamic where they're both kind of fighting to be the best and both of them beat each other like multiple times. Um, and then, of course, you've got Squid and who's the film guy? Twister, right? Twister. Twister. Gosh, ah, I love Squid. And then the big, I can't think of his name, but like the big kind of uncle like guy who's oh, like kind of yeah. fat that makes you think of the like guy who sings Over the Rainbow. Yeah. He's there. And then the single dad. Um, he was just such a cool dad. The coolest. Like, he was the coolest dad ever. And I like that he always flirted with the cop because, of course, anything romance is going to stick out to me. Right. Um, and even when the kids got into trouble and like did stuff they weren't supposed to do, like he was like he got mad at an appropriate level. But like he was just like, you guys, y'all are still good kids. And so me growing up and if I did one little thing wrong, that's not even a big deal. I would just get hounded about everything. Mm. So like just kind of like seeing like a like a healthy family dynamic in some of these 90s cartoons was kind of refreshing. And I almost longed for that lifestyle because being in a small, small town, not having a lot of freedom, kind of having parents micromanage you down your throat, like cartoons can be a big escape from reality for a lot of people, which is why I think I kind of 
develop that addiction to always wanting to watch cartoons because you don't think mm. about your own life. Man, I didn't think about that, but even all the ones we've talked about with Arnold's family and the Rugrats families, even the adults, and like you said, there's there's just these emotions that happen, and they always end up communicating and reconciling. You know, even if there's mm-hmm. like a big big fight or something like that, and it like you said, it kind of modeled for us what healthy family dynamics could look like when maybe there are times for a lot of us where that wasn't happening. And uh, maybe maybe Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon were uh, part of the reason why so many millennials uh, are in therapy right now, because we just were like, we recognized the good stuff and we wanted it. And we did. Some right. of us didn't have it. Yeah. I wonder if because... No, just seeing not my friends, of course, I would never talk about my friends, other people, but like millennials with kids nowadays, I feel like they're just babying the kids so dang much. Mm. So I'm wondering if it's just kind of one of those things because of the way we grew up. And I feel like in a strict household. So they kind of was like, well, I'm going to give my kids everything I didn't have. And then like they just opened the floodgate and whatnot, because I mean, I I never saw a healthy marriage until I saw met my in-laws, like my husband's parents mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I just wonder how much even 90s cartoons has affected us, not even to the day for a nostalgic reason, but how that's going to bring up the next generation when they watch their 2020 cartoons. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because I don't know what it because I've just talked to people because Kelly and I don't have kids. But talking to elder millennials to people our age is that you know, everyone's kind of talked about like helicopter parenting is just kind of the norm now. Like if you go to a birthday party, you take your kids to a birthday party, like every parent is there. And I remember- yeah, you don't drop them off anymore. Right. It's so weird. Like even like my family, like we were dropped off places. And like, even I had lots of freedom where I was, even when I was 16, like I got the car and I was able to kind of go where I wanted as long as I let my mom know. And I don't know if that's really- as much of a thing anymore. Well, now I feel like people <clears throat> people are so scared, and technology kind of makes a hindrance too. Because now you can even right. just put an air tag on your kid, and yeah, you can drop them off, but you still have, I guess, the peace of mind. Because if I have kids, I'm definitely going to have air tags in their mm. underwear or something like that. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I get it, and with. Like bad things have always happened, but with social media and the news, we are now more aware of bad things happening. So it's just more darkness being brought to the light, which makes us more afraid, which makes us more, I feel like overcompensate. And it's, it's working. Like I, the last thing I would want is my kid getting abducted from a buggy. If my back is turned for two seconds while grocery shopping. Yeah. Like it's, it's real scenarios. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, just, if that's part of what sets the nineties cartoons apart from maybe stuff post 20 or, you know, post 2010 is that I've heard a lot of people talk about like the, when the internet was seen in a really positive light was late nineties, like through mid to late 2000, where the internet, you know, there was some sketchy stuff that happened just like any, just the internet existed, but there wasn't this wide, we didn't have smartphones where the internet was literally right here where we could see all the tragedy in world things happening right in the palm of our hand at every second. But I wonder if that's part of what sets it up to even in the cartoons from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and then of course post-2010, where we're in this weird 
tension of like, okay, technology has progressed in such a way that has made life more convenient. You know, some type of connection has happened. Creativity is is more widespread, um, but the the easy access to panic and tragedy isn't isn't quite there. And now you can find anything to justify your way of thinking. Mm-hmm. If you that's true. So, like, whether it's in any scenario, like you can have the most obscure thought ever. You can Google that phrase and find an article or some kind of science fact or something to prove you right or to back you up. So information is almost too abundant and too manipulative at this point, which, I mean, it's interesting to see now. I've never really thought about today's cartoons. I know Bluey. Oh, yeah, which I've heard is excellent. Beautiful, beautiful Bluey. But then even then, I feel like that's more... Like kids, like Kitty, because we talked about '90s cartoons. We didn't go into like the, like the super like Kitty ones, like you know, Backyardigans and all that right. stuff. Like, I mean, you know, those levels. So I don't really know what the, I guess, elementary kids are watching. I know what the babies are watching because of my friends and going over to their houses, <laughs> but not the elementary kids per se. Actually, I think a lot of them are doing YouTube videos now. YouTube kids. That's what I've heard as well. Like my, even my little nephews, they watch some, I'm trying to think of shows they watch. They like, like there's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is still going, you know, with different renditions from Disney Channel. But a lot of it is just YouTube videos, monster trucks, kids playing with toys, you know, that sort of thing, Mm. which is, which is interesting. Dude, if I get blessed with a child, they will be a YouTube. I'm just going to film them playing with, like, come on, college friend right here. Maybe someone will watch you play with your dolls. Maybe not. Don't cancel me, guys. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm not even with child yet, okay? This is just me thinking. Here's the thing. Everybody, I've heard literally every parent who says before they're a parent, they're like, I would never let my kid have an iPad. And almost all my friends who have kids, they all have access to iPads because you know what? Parents want quiet moments and they want their kids to enjoy stuff. And we have TV and stuff, like whatever. Yeah, no, the TV babysat me for Same. sure. So I wouldn't give them my phone. I would have, see, I would go a step further because literally like I was just um, with my sister last week and Kara was with her kids and the, they always like, can I hold your phone? Can I hold your phone? I want to watch video and show on your phone. I'm like, cause they know you always have the phone on them. Mm -hmm. And so they just pitch a fit. But I'm like, if they have their own iPad and we happen to leave the iPad at home, like hopefully cognitively it's like, no, we don't have this. Don't be a brat. But yeah, because they knew they had the phone. It's like, no, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know. It's easy to talk about not being a parent. I mean, talk about parenting when you're not a parent. Yeah. So, so. you know, uh, so just talking about parenting, ideal parenting. So if you if you want parenting advice, uh, come to Peng and I yeah, uh, directly. Come. So we'll tell you Absolutely. how to parent your children. Yeah. I'm um, a plethora of knowledge on this and 90s cartoons. Yeah, right. Exactly. Parenting and 90s cartoons. That's our wheelhouse Done. right there. Absolutely. New, new uh, offshoot podcast. Uh, I don't know. We'll call it uh, You Dumb Babies after Angelica. And uh, there we oh, go. Oh, yeah. And then we'll eat cookies too. Chocolate chip cookies. Uh, we'll be Yeah, we'll be super condescending as well. Gosh, Reptar, what was... Gosh, they ate something. I always think about like food. Like they ate something with Reptar. What was it? Was it a chocolate? I think it was chocolate in the It was the reptiles. Reptar bars. Yeah, and I always thought they looked so good, and I've Me always too. wanted one. Ugh, reptile Because I, I think that the babies always fought to get them, and I think that 
Angelica's parents prevented her from having chocolate bars. And I think there's an episode where she gets a hold of them and she just annihilates them and gets like a crazy sugar mm-hmm. high. Yeah, I think almost like Squidward drink. when he had his first Krabby Patty. <laughs> yeah, that that was a night. I purposely didn't choose SpongeBob because I knew Fair. that would have dominated the whole conversation because SpongeBob is, is his own episode by itself. It literally is. Everybody is. It, I mean, it, SpongeBob is still affecting kids. You know, it's still going strong. It started in '99, and we're they're still coming out with new stuff now, 25 years later, 24 years. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful thing. My um little sister loved SpongeBob so much. And so I have seen all the like beginning episodes at least three times each. Absolutely. Favorite episode is the Rip the Pants episode. Ah, so good. The music in that, come on. You can't the mm-hmm. Rip My Pants song. Eternal classic. So good. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there any other nineties shows that you wanna just like quick two seconds give a shout out to? Oh, I like this. Uh, you know, I think Dexter's Lab was a great one that I love. Uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Kids or Imaginary Friends. Yeah. Uh, I'll do one more Nickelodeon one because I feel like Cartoon Network. I was more of a Cartoon Network kid that dabbled in Nickelodeon. Um, oh, uh, Jimmy Neutron and Danny Phantom. Mm-hmm. Loved those cartoons. He was just 14. I can still rap that song. Oh, let's go, dude. I will not. Maybe that would be like a YouTube special, but I can, I'll like randomly like rap that song sometimes. But mine would be um, Cat Dog, Alone in the World with a Little Cat Dog. Such a good one. Angry Beavers, um, Doug, like with the little draw. The the drawings are so like purposely bad, but why did I love it so much? It's so good. It's so bad. But when he's walking on the string and it's like shit, mm-hmm. the, the animation shaking. Yeah, dude. No yep. doubt. Oh, man. 90s Dark Cartoons is a lifestyle. And now, like, I don't, I mean, this is not a plug. We are not sponsored, but I mean, you can sponsor us. But I'm pretty sure HBO Max has all like the the Nicktoons and whatnot. Because oh, really? I remember when I first got it, I remember watching a lot of Hey Arnold, like in the background. Okay. So I'm. I'm not sure if it has all of them or if it's maybe I'm on drugs from all the cold medicine I've consumed and I'm remembering this completely wrong, but 90% sure um, the Max has like a lot of the Nicktoons where you can go watch. Freak, yeah. Well, it's interesting too because, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender is a big one too, which could be its own episode. That's like mm-hmm. on every streaming service. I feel like it's on Amazon, Netflix, Paramount, HBO, mm-hmm. like that's a show that's amazing arguably nickelodeon's best work i will argue that yeah it's beautiful so beautiful amazing um i mean i think we've talked we i think it's obvious that we think that these things are worth revisiting um why do we think that they're worth engaging and maybe even worth um sharing with the next generation well kind of just talking about like that family aspect and whatnot and some not to get too you know, everyone has their own opinions, but just the way how some medias are being portrayed, like I said, a lot of teenagers are now watching Vampire Diaries or that like, you know, just older stuff I would never even want to like put my kids through. Mm-hmm. So when I have kids, we're going to be, I'm going to be teaching them the beauty of 90s cartoon and the wholesome of 90s cartoons. I just want my kids to be a kid. And I feel like 90s cartoon is very much like kids and you know what I mean but not I feel it's valuable and then like just to share a little bit of like this is what mom grew up with this is what dad grew up with and then what's even crazier is 
all my high school students, they had like Rugrat cartoon, uh, Rugrat t-shirts, um, Nickelodeon, like they, they, they all made a comeback, which is mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like just the wild. other day in Walmart, I saw someone had a Reptar t-shirt. Yeah. So Rugrats is making a comeback with a few, I guess, things, but who knows? By the time I have kids, something new is going to be going on. Maybe it went out and then it will come back all over again. But I'm definitely going to share it just because it's a piece of my childhood. I want to share it with my child. Dude, it's so like you said, I just love that. That sharing part is so huge. My nephews um, love Pokemon now and it's the Indigo League. And so when we oh, were on vacation, beautiful. we we watched a couple episodes of Pokemon and they're at, they just started at the beginning. So when Ash catches, when he evolves Metapod into Butterfree, and fight, um, you know, and ends up fighting Brock at, at the the Pewter City Gym. Like, I had those on VHS and rewatched those all the time. And so just mm. the fact that I'm, like, feeling nostalgic, enjoying it now, and then my nephew, who's enjoying it at four years old, it's just, like, it's harmless, it's fun, it's very kid, like, oriented, and, like, it also makes me feel like a me being a 30 year old man watching uh, Pokemon is still valid, you know, because that's, that's how I feel with Bluey. Like every time I get a hold of my niece, I'm like, do you want to watch some Bluey? The new season just came out. <laughs> and then has, I'm sure has she ever rejected it? And then you feel sad? Um, no, she she's still a baby. She cannot talk and oh, okay. has no free will. So I'm I'm solid. Yeah, unfortunately, my nephew has free will. And I'm like, you want to watch Pokemon? And he's like, no. And my heart gets a little sad. But, you know, like the Uncle Nick, th- that's when bribery comes in. That's true. I need to I need to utilize that more. Maybe like mm-hmm. heroin or something, you know, just get them started young. Yeah. I mean, th- I that's that is a parenting tip from Nick and not from me. OK, guys. <laughs> yeah. Hard drugs are probably one of the best tools in your YouTube parenting tool belt there. Um, the only rock I'm going to give my kid is rock candy. OK, so. I'll be a good parent, guys. Do not pre-call DSS on us. Well played. Well played with the rock. Uh, rock. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, we love 90s cartoons. We think they're worth sharing. Stay away from the hard drugs. Just give your kids a 90s cartoon. That's what that's what. And mean. if you're dying, you might want to go to the doctor. So don't not go to the doctor and then blame us. Very true. Very that's, true. What, that's all of our disclaimers for this episode. Boom. Uh, so let's uh, let's transition to our recommendations. Uh, Peng, what you got any recommendations before we sign off here? Yeah, so I'm pulling up my Netflix right now. I don't usually dabble in the Netflix, but there is an episode. I mean, a series I've been watching today. It is called Romantic Killer. So that might be something. It's it's a fluffy little rom com. Um, if you guys want something light to listen to, yeah, I recommend that. I like it. I am also going to recommend a Netflix show. The latest season of The Witcher is on. Uh, the Witcher is a mess of a show. It's so crazy timeline-wise and fun. But uh, if you love fantasy and love action and world building, go for it. It's super fun. Um, and I love Geralt of Rivia. So there you go. Uh, so listeners, you can go to Systematic Ecology. You can find us on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, where we do lots of other stuff um, on YouTube. We're kind of doing a lot more there. We have a Discord if you want to come hang out with us. Uh, you know, we can swap parenting tips 
uh, and uh, 90s <laughs> cartoons recommendation. Please uh, give us parenting tips, okay? Guys, we're, we're not experts. We don't even have the kids yet. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, I, I just need parenting advice for me because I'm still a child, you know? There you go. Yeah. Do you want to be Nick's parent is what he just asked. Oh, I could totally use some parenting. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get some adoption papers set up. Done. And you can claim on one of your taxes for a tax break. It so, went all around. Went all around. <laughs> so, yeah, me, hang out with us on the Internet um, for all the good nerdy stuff. And just remember, until next time, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of Preak. Bye-bye. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.